Welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. This is episode number 73. I do need you to log into ESO. What happens what happens to player mail if you don't check it? Will it just go away or will it bounce back to me? Hmm. Like I think if you've sent me an attachment. It mm-hmm. might send it back eventually, or maybe it'll just sit there forever. I don't know. Okay. Scrollingpodcast.gmail.com. Well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's going to be a good one. I think it's we're going to be good. Good, good stuff. We got this. So it's going to be good. Good, good, good. Well, I'm going to need you to I'm gonna need you to check that mail, because if it just expires and disappears, that's going to be a real bummer. What, did you send me some... Um, some drag wax or something, can't, or what? Can't can't go into details. Can't go into details. Wow! Now I really got to log into this thing. <laughs> it just it's been be so long. I wonder if I remember my password. Back. I wonder if I remember my password. You can't say those things. Grizzly Con says it gets sent back after thirty days. So I trust Grizz. I trust Grizz. Well, 90. it's only been it's been two weeks, so we're yeah. safe. We yeah, still yeah, got yeah, two yeah. whole weeks. I trust Grizz ninety nine percent of the time. One percent of the time I don't trust them is when he's on uh, fortifications above me, standing over a pot. <laughs> if he's all, Just if he's standing over time. one of those oil, oil pots, oh yeah. So <laughs> one time I'm like, wait a minute, Grizz, wait a minute. <laughs> Slow motion, Grizzly, no. <laughs> well, let's try to make a podcast. Um, let's scroll. Let's scroll in a bit. Let's do a little scroll in here. Thing is, when's the last time you've logged into ESO, Davius? Uh, I've actually been uh, logging in. It's probably only been uh, two two days for me, maybe. Okay, maybe not okay. that. I've been logging in and doing some writs and here and there. And okay, so you're still you're still doing stuff. I'm still not- scrolling. <clears throat> well, it's been a <laughs> it's been a solid two weeks for me, man. And, uh, two weeks. You know, there's there's no need for concern, you know. I'm st- I still got my ESO plus. <laughs> I'm still totally diehard scrolling player, um, but you know we're in this like lull period, you know. And there, there's always it's always seems like the the two weeks leading up to a patch is like there's always a kind of a lull where there's not really much going on in the game. There's really nothing happening on PTS. So you know I often use that period of time as an opportunity to go and play some other game um that has kind of been on my radar lately uh of course elden ring uh is just it's just kind of obliterated all other video games and it has completely <laughs> absorbed my life and has disrupted my sleep schedule and my my relationships with my family and all of that so. you can't <laughs> convince me that you don't have a another podcast somewhere about elden ring with another guy who really likes viking like people in the game <laughs> my, I know, my side I know podcast. what's happening <laughs> my side podcast <laughs> oh. uh, no uh nothing like that but um it is it's it's just a really awesome video game definitely recommend it but um I don't know. We just don't have a lot of talk, a lot to talk about right now, other than you know the the patch is dropping next week, and I'm just kind of waiting for that to happen. My builds are already kind of updated, and we're just like sitting and waiting for that patch to drop. And then I think I have to change some jewelry glyphs on my Stamplar, and otherwise I'm kind of ready to roll. Um, so um, 
you know, I'm looking forward to the hybridization for the, you know, the skill hybridization and all that. That's going to be really cool. Uh, my, my Stam Sork is going to be an absolute monster. My Stam Plar is really not going to be that much different, but I think the way that she is changing is is going to make her just a lot more effective. I think I'm going to want to play with her a lot more than I have been lately, and I'm looking forward to that because my, my Magplar has always overshadowed my Stamplar, you know, really. Like, my Stamplar is, like, the one that I like the, the most, <laughs> but it's, yeah. like, when I think of, like, well, what? how is my team going to benefit the most? How am I most likely to, to seal the win? Magplar, obviously. Yeah, well, your Magplar, and, you know, I would never, I would never besmirch the old Betsy name, but your Magplar is old Betsy with team heels. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Everything Betsy can do, the Magplar can do sometimes even better uh plus plus the great group support so betsy will be able to compete uh with that now that'll be really yeah, nice maybe even more so because you'll you know you have that that uh that magica but you'll still have all the stamina that she has and the movability you know i i guess their movability is probably pretty similar but part of me just thinks that old betsy is just a little bit better because of that more stamina focus and so i think you're still going to have the magica heels and the ma- you know now with this this hybridization, you'll have the Magicka heals that there, but she'll still have all her movement and survivability. Yeah, I think she's going to have just the right amount of support to like draw me back to playing with her uh, a lot more often. You know, like because like I was saying on the last episode, her personal survivability is already fine, um, and now that she'll have Breath of Life, she's not really. I, I doubt I really am going to use that on myself all that much. I'm going to really try to reserve that for teammates because I already have my own kind of self-survivability with uh, <laughs> cleanse and vigor and rally. Betsy doesn't um, need no – she doesn't need a breath of life. <laughs> she doesn't yeah. need that to stay alive. You can't touch her anyway. She's yeah. not even taking damage. So, <laughs> um, so I, I think that's going to be cool that she's actually going to be sort of competing – uh, with my Magplar for my attention and my and my playtime and all that, and that you know, I still call myself a uh, a Stamplar main in PvP, mm-hmm. and I uh, I think I'm going to hold true to that. You know, I was talking a lot about maybe being a Magblade main, and I don't know, maybe you can be a dual main kind of thing. I don't know because <laughs> I do like Magblade a lot, but uh, you know, Betsy deserves better. That's all I'm saying. There you go. There you go. I live I live in that kind of dual main. You know, Davius is always going to be my main. The uh, but you know, oh Lord of Nords is—he's a main as well. He's—he's he's my he's my PvP main, and I have my PVE main. How about that? Yeah, that's kind of how I am. Get is my get is my PVE main. My Magblade is my PVE main. But he recently like got good at PvP too, so that that's just a cool thing. But I still think, as far as PvP goes, like. The Stamplar is absolutely like I put my hands on the mouse and keyboard and just like oh yeah I can just put on a blindfold and know exactly what's going on I'm like in in the in the zone with Betsy yeah that's pretty great yeah but anyway hybridization I bet there's going to be like all kinds of weird OP builds and crazy stuff that like no one's even prepared for it's we're going, going to into a wild out. new world yeah we really are I was actually thinking about this and I think the the thing that's going to catch us that you know, I, I'll say it's maybe not being talked about enough, but it, it probably on, on certain forums is being talked about like crazy. So if I found if I sound like a fool, then you can call me out. But okay. I think the I think the biggest change that is actually going to really catch people off guard is the I really feel like the self heals are just gonna be off the charts. 
Mm-hmm. These stamina characters that are just maximum weapon damage now. Being stamina to, necromancers. Yeah, in, in being able to throw that into a self heal. Not even necessarily team heals. I, you know, I think team heals will be there, but some of these characters that just slay, I think, are going to start. You know, they're just going to be loaded up with this crazy self heal now, and I think that's totally. really going to kind of catch us off guard. Think about how hard a stamina warden already is to yeah. kill. Yeah, now think about all those heals are going to be that much more powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, the intensive mender on a stam crow, like mm-hmm. you know, it, it's nothing. It's it's not like unfathomable for a stam crow to have eight thousand weapon damage. Yeah, you know, and yeah. with a with the intensive mender, I, I know. I, I think I mentioned in the last episode, my mag crow has thirty three hundred spell damage, and the intensive mender has an eleven k tooltip. With that, you know. Gosh. So. The intensive mender is going to be a big one for sure, just because that's a that's an auto heal. You just throw it up there; you don't even have to worry about it. It's just and it's going to so be cheap. Yeah, it costs hardly anything. I think I think this is going to actually result in that ability finally getting nerfed, which is long overdue. It's been way overpowered it, its entire existence. Yeah. It's just like this sleeper thing that doesn't get talked about. It's it's way overtuned for the cost and everything. Yeah, and I think probably, this is going to kind of make right. that obvious. But you, I mean, you make a great point. You know, warden their self heals are they're already tough to kill. They're going to be huge. You know, we're talking Stamplar, you know, yeah. Stamplars with Breath of Life and, and you know, Stam that Decays. For Stamplar, that uh, that Eclipse bubble, I don't think I'm going to use it. Uh, I can't remember what the, the one that you put the bubble on yep. yourself. But if you ever see a Magplar with that thing right now, they will not die. And oh. Stamplars are definitely going to be using that. Yep. That one's going to be huge. Um, and yeah. And like I was saying, Stam Decay, Coagulating Blood is going to be – I'm going to start using that on Lord of Nords. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think the self-heals are going to be um, – It's going to be a very, very tanky meta, yeah. absolutely. I think as the as the year goes on, there's going to have to be some balance adjustments. Some some numbers are going to have to change around, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I bet they will. This is like going to be one big change. They can't like make every change that needs to happen all at once. They're going to have to do this thing. There's going to be some problems. I think we should just kind of expect – um, there's going to be fun to be had, but there's going to be some some headaches as well, and probably the following patches to come, there will be some adjustments that will. Yeah, uh, sure. you know, it's the ever going cycle. There's always a cycle. There's always going to be something that's OP, and it, it's always going. Um, Elden Ring, though, man, such a good video <laughs> game. <laughs> no, no balance changes needed. <laughs> maybe some. Maybe they need to nerf a couple of bosses, but man, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I do kind of want to talk about this game just a little bit, just because yeah. it, it is what I have been doing in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, it's um, it's from Soft's new game, the the makers of Dark Souls, Sekiro, Bloodborne. They make these hard video games with these like really difficult boss fights, and this is their first open world game, and it's that same that same formula they've always had that that Souls style like game loop, but put into an open world. And uh, man, I was skeptical of this thing and. It started getting into reviewers' hands, and we started getting like, you know, that first week when reviewers had copies, oh, we started getting all these like ten out of ten like best best video game ever made, you know, like crazy uh, reviews coming out, and so like I had these like really high expectations, but I was also kind of like, okay, try to rein it in because how good could it really be? So I pick it up just to see what the hype is all about, and man, it's probably like. I was probably five hours into this game and I'm like, 
this is the best video game ever made. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like all I can freaking think about, man. It's such a such a good game. If you don't mind the difficulty, I, I understand that that is a turnoff, and there is no easy mode. That's kind of like the famous thing for for From Software. They there is no easy mode. You just take the game for what it is, and that's that's it. Um. <laughs> Crimson says, "Didn't J.R.R. Tolkien write the backstory for Elden Ring?" <laughs> Uh, George R. R. Martin, different, different R. R. That's hilarious, because uh, it is a Tolkien esque kind of environment too. So that's just like so fitting. Um, actually, um, yeah, I um, I read up on George R. R. Martin's involvement in this game because I was wondering because you don't you haven't really heard much about that. And um, so the thing is, he uh, he did not write the story for this game. Uh, the the writers at From Software wrote the story a hundred percent. But they they wrote it in a world. They set it in a world that George R. R. Martin created. He created like the mythology and did all like oh, kind of the world building and all that stuff and kind of the history of this place, all the things that kind of happened before and the structures of their kind of monarchies and all this these kind of their governance and all that sort of stuff, like the law of the land. Interesting. Uh, and then from software, kind of took that and and made their story within that world. So I, I've heard a lot, you know, I've talked to you about this game, obviously, over the past couple of weeks, and I, I've heard great things about the look of the game, the feel of the game, the combat system, the difficulty. Uh, but I haven't asked you, is the story live up to all the hype as well? Is the actual backstory to the game, like, you know, the actual story going on, is that just as good as everything else? Man, it is, but the way... The way this particular studio does stories and quests and stuff is is very unique to them, uh, and it and all their games like Dark Souls and Bloodborne and all of them, uh, people say the same thing that it's very vague, and there is a story happening, but they don't spoon feed you. There, there's never an NPC that just point blank says, "Here's what's happening and here's why," you know, like. There is a story, but you kind of have to look for it and try to search for the meaning of everything. And even when you do talk to NPCs, everything is so like poetic, you know, it's uh, it's it's more like you're getting a sense of a tone and a vibe uh, more than like this event happened and then this event happened. Interesting. Um, so like. A lot of the story is actually told within uh, item descriptions. So like you might get a cool new sword or something and you'll go into your inventory and it'll show like the stats and the special abilities that it has but there will also be some flavor text and you know it says about where the sword came from and how it was used and why it was used and that sort of stuff and through all that kind of stuff you there is a, a very detailed description of this world and and what's kind of happening there but you the player have to seek it out they do, they do not spoon spoon feed it to you at all huh so does that is that kind of create a situation where one player might have, you know, like the story may be the same perspective, but one player might have like a much more in-depth version where another player, if they didn't go to that, you know, if they didn't play that style, they may have a much more vague version. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for some players, this game is just kind of a series of boss fights, you know, like you can just kind of quickly try to level your character up, get whatever gear you want to get and just kind of bum rush the bosses and, and get to the end. Um, but there is a, a very deep story uh, and, it's. I think it's super interesting because they don't treat you like you're outside of that world. You know, they're talking like the NPCs and stuff are talking to you like 
you already live there. You already know a bunch of stuff, you know, like, so you, the player being outside of it, if you want more context, it's, it's there, you have to seek it out or you can just use the internet or whatever. But I find it really immersive that way. You know, I find it like really easy to kind of forget that I'm playing a video game because of that. You know, I'm just kind of here in this world. Um, one, I guess I'll call it a complaint, but I, I, th I also think it's cool, but sometimes I do think it's annoying is the way they handle quests is super duper vague. There, there is no journal. There is no quest marker anywhere. Uh, if you run into an NPC, there's nothing indicating that there's anything special about them. You know, there's nothing above their head or anything, and you can talk to them and they'll have some dialogue, but then that's it. And, you know, they may have been kind of giving you a hint about a quest sort of thing that you should go do. But like, you just have to put those pieces together based on just whatever they just said to you. And you're like, Oh, maybe they're talking about this thing, but there's, there's nothing to reference. And, and you're, they don't, it never says like you've began this quest or whatever. Sometimes it's a little too vague. Sometimes they're just like, there's no way I could possibly know how to do the next thing in this quest without using the internet. But yeah, I also kind of, Oh, I was ahead. just going to say that really sounds like there's times where you're going to get lost. You're just you're just going to get lost in the quest if you it, at points you're just not going to know or it I can see that very easy needing some sort of guide at that point. Absolutely. And and even if you do kind of know the first thing and then it, it might not be obvious that this next thing you need to do and there's stuff like that, but also at the same time I think that is intentional because I I don't think they want you to just kind of beeline those quests, you know. I think they just kind of want you to run into things by happenstance. And then when you come back around, you're like, Oh, I remember this guy, you know, and you kind of pick it up just by random chance as you're wandering around. I found it pretty enjoyable at times kind of annoying. Cause I did have to pull up Google and be like, what the heck do I do next? <laughs> it's, 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 they're forcing more playable hours out of the game, but it's cool. And I really like the, um, the way difficulty kind of plays a big part in the, it's kind of like the core driving mechanic. Like, so this studio, they're, they're known for making difficult games, right? You think of uh, dark souls and like, yeah, those games are hard. Um, and like the only other FromSoft game that I've played is Sekiro. And uh, it's a really hard game. I did not finish it. I bounced off a boss. I got frustrated and I was like, <laughs> I'm not having fun here. I'm going to go play something. I'm going to go play some Elder Scrolls. I only laugh because I remember that. We, that was, that was, uh, we had conversations with that. And I used to, I was getting daily updates of your saga with that boss. And then finally it's like, no, you were like, no, I'm done. I'm done fighting yeah. with that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Beautiful game. And I admire it and appreciate it and, you know, all that. But I just didn't finish it. And this game is a uh, is pretty cool. Elden Ring is pretty cool because it's that same kind of difficulty. Actually, I don't think it's as hard as Sekiro, but it's that same style of combat. It is difficult. It is very challenging. But I've had this experience multiple times where I come up against a, an enemy or a boss that just like I am no match for this guy, uh, and I and I get to that point of frustration just like in Sekiro, you know. But you know, in Sekiro, your choice is keep pounding your head against this boss or turn the game off. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of your two options. Uh, but this, it's an open world game. It's a huge, huge, enormous, beautiful map, like Breath of the Wild-esque kind of map. Uh, so you get tired of banging your head against this boss. Just turn around and go have one of a hundred other adventures you could be off having. The The exploration is really, really great. There's awesome stuff just kind of all over the place. And the fact that it's all so, so challenging, even the lowliest kind of 
you know, lobby enemy that you come across can really ruin your day if you're not on your guard and paying attention to what's going on. So just kind of the inherent difficulty and challenge of the environment in general, it really affects your approach to exploration. And I think it ends up making the world feel so much bigger than it is even though it actually is super huge also but hmm. you're you're every step you're cautious you're look you're peeking around every corner you're making sure that you're prepared for this journey you're about to go on you have all your equipment because if you get caught in the middle of a cave or something without any arrows or without you know the stuff that you need to be effective it's going to be a problem and like the way souls games work is like you know, you earn XP and then you have to get to these certain safe points to actually spend that XP. And if you die before then, you lose it. And then you have to run back to that spot to get it back. But if you die again before you get there, it's gone forever. So, like, you have this valuable thing that you can lose and everything can take it from you. Like, everything that you come across will wreck you if you're not ready for it. And that sounds intimidating and I don't I don't really like to be stressed out like that in games but in this open world like where exploration is what it's all about kind of setting it really affects your approach to it like think if you were like really in a situation like that in real life how would you how would you delve into a cave you know you would be extremely cautious you would make sure you were very very well prepared um, so I, I like that about it. And it's really not that difficult. Once you kind of get a handle on the combat system, you level up some, you find a couple of good weapons, you really do kind of start tearing through some things and it kind of makes that power fantasy feel really cool because you know you are tackling some some dangerous stuff. Have you uh, attempted the, the, the co-op? Because it, it has co-op options, right? Oh, yeah. In the chat right now, Crimson Knight has carried me through a couple of boss fights. <laughs> uh, nice. Thank you very much, Crimson. Uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, we've we've teamed up quite a bit to take on some bosses and some dungeons and stuff like that. Um, the um, multiplayer aspect actually is a lot more like part of it than I thought it would be too. It's like um, you you see these ghosts of other players like all the time, like every everything that you're doing, everywhere that you go, you see these like silhouettes, and that's real time, a real player right now playing the game and you just see it for a couple of seconds but it's really cool when you're like in these like say these deep dark dungeons it's like freaking scary and you're stressed out but then you you momentarily see another player going through the same thing and it's like this moment <laughs> of solidarity and that's just kind of ha- constantly happening <laughs> yeah i really like that um and uh yeah you can summon other players to help you with boss fights um and uh, there's PvP as well. You can uh, you can invade other people's games and, and fight them. Uh, you can invite other people to duel. And so there's a whole world of theory crafting and, and stuff for both PvE and PvP, um, just like ESO. It's, um, I don't know, man. It's just, it's really dragging me in in a way that a game hasn't in a long time. I'm probably going to be playing it for quite a while. Definitely not quitting ESO. It's a, it's a whole other thing. Um, but... This will probably be a game I'm playing in tandem with ESO for quite sure. a while, I bet. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I would imagine that – and it, it sounds like maybe this – you know, it's an open world game. The story has an end. But it maybe has some things that will keep you busy for a while. But I feel like – Oh, yeah. The, there's New there's, Game Plus and there's, there's, there's just, like – Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say I feel like that there's there's no game quite like ESO and just zero ending. <laughs> 
just absolute no mm-hmm. no ending. Me and you make the joke all the time of we we think all right, like we think we're getting our characters ready in ESO. We think we're pretty close, and then something will happen and be like, well, here we go. Let's hit that grind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and plus ESO is just like I have so many friends there. It's such a mm-hmm. so much of it is a a social thing, you know, is why why I keep coming back, and that. Man, those battlegrounds. There's nothing quite like battlegrounds. Like that's just mm-hmm. the best PvP in a video game I have experienced. I really just love it. And you know, this game, Elden Ring, has PvP, but it's all you can really do is duel. That's pretty much it. Uh, and I'm all about those BGs. <laughs> no BGs. But yeah, I mean, you know, we're not trying to be like a like a giant bomb type podcast where we just talk about all <laughs> video games or whatever. That's just what I've been doing. Yeah. Uh, just playing freaking Elden Ring, man. It's just the best freaking open world game. Um, you've been playing some other games, right? Yeah. So I actually, I took the time. I'm going to go a little retro here. Uh, I took the time to, uh, I went black, I went back and uh, played uh, and beat the game, uh, Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, mm-hmm. So a little old school mm-hmm. there. I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the Final Fantasy series. Uh, and so I went back and. Uh, you know, seven is like the super popular one. That's the one that gets all the hype, which I'll openly say that's my favorite one. So right yeah. on to to it. It, de- it deservedly so gets the hype. Final I'm pretty Fantasy sure Final Na- Fantasy seven was like the first that I was ever like aware of the series Final Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That yeah. makes that makes sense. Um, and, you know, I've I've actually played them all from from one all the way up to well. I haven't played the uh, eleven. I think that was their first attempt uh, attempt at an MMO, uh, mm-hmm. and so I didn't play that one. I did actually play their other MMO, but I won't. I won't you know, ESO is is where my heart is. Uh, sure, but uh, you know, I grew up on that series, and and I loved those older games, and so um, uh, eight's kind of sandwiched in between two of the really popular ones. Seven is obviously the like we said the the big hype one. Uh, nine is also a very fantastic game it's it's probably the second best game in the series in my opinion and and eight's kind of sandwiched in between and so it doesn't really get the hype but um you know went back and played it and and it's a good game you know it's you can't really compare it to the other two it's it's a totally different game you know that that series has you know every single installment of the game's completely different and totally different story totally different characters and uh, Mm. i actually had a lot of fun going back and and playing a, a game that i hadn't played since i um, you know, was much younger. And so going back and playing it again and kind of having a different perspective on it. And it's a great game. I actually really enjoy it. Um, it was a lot of fun going back and playing that. Nice. I never played a Final Fantasy game. They're they're good. I, I think you might. So I would, I'll say this just because I, I, you know, I, I feel like I know you pretty well. I feel like you would struggle because uh, and <laughs> if I'm offending anyone out there, listeners, you know, I apologize. Final Fantasy's combat is not difficult. It's not what it's, it's about. A, yeah, it's not. I mean, it, there, there's, there's features to the combat that can be cool, but it's, it's very much like the long term strategy. It's turn based combat. You're not, you know, you're not really going to be in you, the strategy within the combat is the long grind and how you, how you build up your team over a it's long. It's about grind. the build. Yeah, it's about a slow grind build. About what you put your focus in and, and things like that. It's not, the combat's not necessarily uh, difficult. Um, mm-hmm. And there's, there's harder challenges, you know, side challenges, side bosses in the game that can be extremely difficult, but uh, it's not, 
in my opinion, those games just aren't about the combat. They're strictly about this story. Uh, and I do love the stories, you know, especially those those older ones. Uh, and I'll, I'll point out 7, 8, 9, and even 10. Um, those are great games, all about the story, really in-depth, great, great stories. That Final Fantasy, was it Final Fantasy VII Remake? Was that it? Yep. Apparently they, that's uh, very good. Yes. Uh, well, and they, you know, all of, really, you know, Final Fantasy VII is this, you know, it's kind of this cult classic of video games, but when you go back and play it, and I grew up with it, so the graphics don't bother me because it's just, I remember it. Like when I think Final Fantasy VII, I think those graphics. But a lot of people that go back now are like, oh man, this is like colored boxes, which it is. It's just colored mm-hmm. boxes, but it just doesn't bother me because I just fell in love with that game. And so I'll always love love it for what it is. But when they did make the remake and they updated the graphics and you got to kind of see the world in a much more updated graphics it's it really did kind of uh it was pretty awesome uh that they did that nice cool man so yeah that's what we've been doing the last two weeks um leading up to um to the launch of this patch uh tune in next week and we will have actually played (laughs) some ESO (laughs) or um yeah when's when's uh when's the patch when's the patch drop it's a uh, a week from yesterday. This is we're recording on Tuesday, so it'll be the upcoming Monday, the f- yeah. March fourteenth, uh, for PC, and then I guess I think probably two weeks later for console, or is it just one week, one or two weeks later for console? Yeah. By um, by by next episode, we're gonna have we're gonna be in ESO. We're gonna have some some feedback on this pa- on this patch for sure. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have to get in there and shred some fools in that stamp sort <laughs> that new stamp sort <laughs> situation, man. Gonna, he's gonna bust he's, he's gonna bust into BGs pretty much like the Kool-Aid man in the 90s. Oh yeah. Just absolutely. <laughs> get ready for it. Rick Flair Rick Flair mode all oh, the way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um but yeah, but probably tonight I'm gonna go back to Elden Ring and that's <laughs> just that's we just gotta man. he's gonna he's gonna break the ad- addiction eventually. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, think I could play two games. I think I can yeah. juggle two games. Yeah, ESO um, works very well. It's kind of a you know we always joke about this. It's kind of a, a nice home game. It's, it's a home, home base. Yeah, ESO's home base. home base. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it works really well for that for sure. Yeah. All right, we're gonna call it right there, guys. Scrolling podcast is still going strong. We're just in a in a lull, but next next episode, get ready. It's gonna be a banger. Gonna be a real <laughs> banger. <laughs> all right um thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time